Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where each and every week, the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader and investor. For more information, products, services, and detailed show notes, including a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the news and media tab in the navigation. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. In today's podcast, I'd really like to chat about a few things in my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%, which has been out for, geez, 13 years now. And it's still just as relevant today as, as what it was the day we, we wrote it or I put it together. And um, a lot of people think, you know, just because something, you know, was written five or six years ago that it's not relevant today. And a lot of people think that, you know, hey, you know, you know, back when you wrote your book in 2004, you know, we didn't have all these algorithms and all this sort of high-frequency trading and a whole range of other different things about with the marketplace. And, and and people will say to me sometimes, well, you know, how does your strategy, when you're teaching somebody to trade, you know, do your strategies work in today's environment where you've got all of this sort of computer trading and and my answer is quite simple. Yeah, it does. It works, and it will continue to work, and it will another work for another hundred years. Um, because the simple thing is, is one thing I know about the marketplace is it's all run on fear and greed, and it doesn't matter how many computers you put into the mix to do the actual trading. It's still not going to change. People buy and sell stocks to for investing. Fund managers buy, or mutual fund managers buy and sell stocks simply uh, create returns for investors in their funds. So to me, that's unless they stop doing all of that, then you're not really going to stop the market doing what it's always done, and that's run on fear and greed pretty much. So today's podcast, I want to have a little bit of a chat about some of the myths that people have. And people create things um, or create falsities uh, about the marketplace. For example, I get... Quite often have somebody, you know, uh, inquire about our uh, our trading courses and they say, oh, can you teach me to trade FX? Can you teach me, you know, I want to trade some currencies. Can you teach me to trade currencies? Can you teach me to trade contracts for difference? Or can you teach me to trade options? Or more recently now we're getting people saying, can you teach me how to try, trade cryptocurrencies? And, and to me, I teach people to trade, period. That's it. Once you know how to trade, it doesn't matter what the market you're trading. And, and to me, it's it's that's one of those myths is that you've got to be trained in a specific vehicle. And what I'll, what I'll explain here is that um, probably you, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know how to drive a car. Well, chances are you know how to drive a car. And I don't know about you, but every car I've gotten into in the whole world's always got a steering wheel, a brake accelerator, and got some gears, and you push a button to turn it on. And push your foot on the brake to stop it and push your foot on the accelerator to go. It doesn't matter whether the steering wheel's on the left or the right, it still works the same way. And if you know how to drive a car, the badge on the front of the car is irrelevant, you know. It doesn't matter whether it's a, you know, Lamborghini or a Porsche, whether it's a Mercedes or whether it's, you know, a Subaru or a Nissan or, you know, or a Volvo. They all drive them the same way. Now, some may be faster or slower. Some may be better at going, you know, over rough terrain. Some may be better at going just super fast on highways. It, they're all different. But that's really fitting the vehicle to the use that you choose. 
So, you know, if you're somebody that loves camping, then you're going to choose a car that's more of a four-wheel drive, more off-road. But if you're, you know, an executive in a city, you might want to drive a Mercedes, you know, or, a, you know, a Porsche or something like that. So it just depends on the, the purpose that you want. And it's the same in the marketplace. Is, is just, If you understand how to trade, and that's what I mean by driving, you drive the cars the same way. I can get in and drive a Porsche the same way as I can drive a, a four-wheel drive, you know. So it's just, you know, brakes, accelerator, steering, etc. So the skill of learning how to drive is the same as the skill of learning how to trade. Once you understand how to trade, you can trade any market in the world. You just adapt what you're doing to the vehicle that you want to trade, whether that be currencies, commodities, contracts for difference, you know, whatever it is. Um, and that's where a lot of people get confused. So people, another one of the things that people often say to me when they're inquiring about our doing our credit courses or saying, hey, mate, can you teach me how to trade? I go, yeah, I can. And they go, well, I said, what do you want to do? And they go, I want to day trade. And again, there's a whole big myth around this whole day trading. And my question to those people is, um, well, what, why do you want to day trade? And their answer is, I want to make money. I mean, okay, so making money is, is not necessarily the answer because it's what is what will money do for you? Um, because money itself is is just sits in a bank account as a set of numbers on your bank statement. Or when you log in, you get to see these numbers. But it's, it needs to do something for you to get value out of it. You need to exchange the money for something. So what is that? So is that... You know, security is that is something, you know, you can have more holidays, you know, buy a nice car, put your kids at school, you know, or into better schools or live in bigger houses, better houses, whatever it is to you. It's the emotional reason behind the making money. But I said, well, why do you want to day trade then? That was my next question. And they go, because that's the way you make money, isn't it? And their, their questions are coming from a, a point of ignorance about how the market works and how to make money on the market because what they're actually doing is you know visiting websites that sort of stuff and they're just seeing everything about day trading on the websites um, and a lot of them these websites that you're getting this from they they're self-interested in you trading a lot because they're generally associated with brokers and the more you trade the more commissions they make so the more money they make and it's not necessarily about you making money day trading um, for as far as I'm concerned as a very experienced trader is not necessarily a profitable pursuit because most people can't do it. Day trading is a highly emotional thing. It's also need to be highly skilled to day trade. And 99% of people, well, actually probably 99.9% of people that try and day trade actually fail in it because their their emotions aren't in check. And, And this is where why so many traders lose money or are very inconsistent in their trading. So it's one of those myths, day trading is a big, big, big myth, is you don't need to day trade to make a lot of money. And to me, trading is about creating a lifestyle, not becoming your lifestyle. And and if you've listened to these podcasts, you'll know I talked about a story a while back of a guy that had, you know, multiple screens and, and he was a day trader and had been day trading for three, four, five years or something like that. And um, and he he was inquiring about our courses because he was realizing that he was inconsistent. And, and my comment to him was, if you added up how much time you spend trading and divided that into how much money you make, I guarantee you'd get paid more money at McDonald's. And he agreed with me. And that's not the first time I've said that to somebody who's a day trader. Um, and they generally spend you know all day long watching the market, researching, analyzing 
having all these different things going around in their head. Toilet breaks can be very, very expensive because they miss things. And that's not a lifestyle to me. It's that's just that you're creating one job for another one. And if you might as well go and work at McDonald's and at least you might get a free hamburger or something. Um, but to me, day trading is one of those myths that you really should avoid. Um, you know, I, don't, I, can't, I don't say, I'm not saying the day traders don't make money. I'm just saying the way to make really good money on the marketplace is not to day trade. Don't do what everybody else does or you'll have what everybody else has. Um, a couple of things that I'd like to talk about in, and, uh, before I uh, move on uh, in here in terms of about debunking the myths or you know, getting a bit of a reality check on what the market is and, and uh, what trading's all about. A lot of people think just because they bought and sold a share before that they're a trader. Um, and that's another one of those myths that I think, no, you're not. Trading is a profession to me. It's somebody, a trader is somebody who has a plan, who has a structure, who has the education to uh, be able to understand how to be a trader. But they also have a skill and uh, built up a high level of skill to do it more professionally. And to me, and it's a repeatable skill. It's something that they constantly do and they know their win-loss ratios, profit-loss ratios. They know there's a process and a plan to doing what they're doing. That, to me, is a trader. Um, 99% of people that tell me they're traders are what I would call, at best, active investors um, because they've bought a few shares and sold a couple of shares. Um, most of the time, when I ask them why they've bought the share or why they've sold it, it's all just guesswork. It's there's a whole lot of wishy-washy stuff, and sometimes I might go, "Oh, look, I, you know, I had a look at you know, this indicator, or I had a look at that indicator." But generally, it's I've read an article, or I watched a report, or I did this, or I did that, and and it's all just wishy-washy, wishy-washy stuff, and that's not repeatable. They're not traders in my book. So that's another one of those myths: is if you think just because you've got a broken account that you're a trader, then to me, I'm not being rude to anybody. It's just my my perception and. Uh, you're not a trader, you're more of an active investor. Because investors tend to be people that are uh, not as highly educated, some are, but most of them aren't. They're more looking for low-valued low stocks, and obviously they're looking for more value, and they're looking for longer-term type things. Um, and unless you use a stop-loss, or have an entry and an exit strategy. Unless you have an exit strategy, then you're definitely not a trader. So that's also another one of those sorts of things. So uh, as I said, just because you've got a broken account doesn't make you a trader. That's, that's As I said, that's one of the myths that I have. And there's sort of an, an active versus passive type of argument here. You know, people sometimes will go, oh, look, you know, I don't want to be too active. Investors are okay. Investors, investors can make money. And if you, you know, buy and hold the top 10 stocks on the marketplace, then you can be profitable over a 10-year period, you know. But being active is a little bit more profitable, and, and that's where it comes in contrary to some of the stuff you might have heard um, in the media, etc., where we do have people, um, you know, saying, you know, if you weren't in the market on the, 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 the 10 biggest days the market rose, that your return would be um, very much reduced um, from that point. And... I always argue that there's always an opposite to the story, but what if you weren't in the market on the biggest days that it fell? Because markets don't crash up, they crash down. And the biggest moves on our, on our market, on world markets, on any market you want to look at, 
I guarantee the biggest movements in any one day are all have all been crashes, not been rises. So therefore, to me, it's always about protection of capital all the way. So it's about being a little bit more active with your portfolio. Um, and probably the other one I want to handle today before I, I say thank you and move on um, to something else is really that anyway, it's about timing the market versus timing the market. Those who can't time the market will tell you it's about time in the market. And what I mean by time in the market is keeping your investments in the market basically forever and a day. So more buy and hold. So it's how much time you spend in the market. Whereas myself, it's about risk. And to me, my money should only ever be at risk when risk is low, not high. So for example, the GFC risk was very high to be in the market. So we pulled all our clients out of the market and, and we we're completely out of the marketplace ourselves um, personally. And so to me, that's what I mean. Um, but when the market is low risk, you should be into it. Whereas the, the people that talk about time in the market got slammed. They get slammed every time the market pulls back. Um, and the markets do, and they will always pull back. They have regular pullbacks every year. So a yearly pullback will be somewhere between 8 to 12%. Every four years, it'll be closer to 15 to 20%. And Every so often, a bit further out than that, it could be up to 30 to 50%. And you know, GFC was a 50% pullback. 1929 in the US market was a 90% pullback. And we have them before. In the 70s, we had a pullback of 60% or 50 or 60%. So it does regularly happen. Every 20 odd years, there's a larger pullback. In those times, those time in the market people, their portfolios will fall dramatically. Whereas people who time the market, who exit near highs and get into during lows will always outperform uh, somebody for time in the market. And I think uh, that's something that you really do need to understand. It's just being a little bit more active, you can actually make a lot more money. Um, and at the end of the day, that money then can translate into something that you do really want. And that, as I said that earlier, that could be you know, a new house, you know, a bigger house, you know, ch children at school, looking after parents could be, you know, uh, giving your money away to charity, to look after charities, you know, it could be all sorts of different things, whatever it is. But the the accumulation of money will give you choices and freedom and security. So to me, that's a very worthwhile pursuit. What you do with it is up to you. But accumulating wealth is, is really what we're talking about here in the share market. Can do that and you can do that. And that's what I'm saying. If, if you desire to be an investor, a very good investor, then you can do that. And we've got uh, you know, tools and information and education to help you do that. If you want to be a very good trader, we can teach you to be a trader. I've taught thousands of people to trade and I know without any shadow of a doubt that anybody can be taught to be a trader. Um, and it can be very, very profitable for people. You just need to give it a go, and, and all too often people give up before they even get started. They, they defeat themselves, um, and it's not that hard. All you need to do is be teachable, and we can take you through a slow, a nice process so that you can build up that confidence slowly and then get further and further into it, and the more you into it, the more experience you get, the better your school, the better um, returns you're going to get, and the more profitable you'll be as a trader. So I'll, I'll leave all that there. Um, you've been listening to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Good luck and good trading. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For more information, products and services, and detailed show notes with a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au.
and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation.